This is Boundless, and I'm Ed Blonsky. Everyone has a need, and I'm glad to share with you the one thing that can meet every single need. It is the love of Jesus Christ. On today's show, you'll hear a message of love and hope, the very same love and hope that will meet all needs. The messages on Boundless have recently been given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And if you happen to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit at www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net. Now, here's today's message. Thanks for listening. Today we begin a new teaching series called The Reward, and it's based on the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus talks about a reward in today's reading, so we're going to talk about the reward of a cup of water and the other rewards in Matthew chapter 10. And then we're going to continue on next week with the reward of rest, where Jesus promises disciples that I'm going to give you rest. We're all looking for that, I think, these days. And then the third and concluding message in this series will be Pastor Ryan's first sermon with us this year. And it will be the reward of produce. And I think as we explore these, what we're going to see is that living as a disciple of Jesus, putting into practice the things that that Jesus says, this is what I want you to do, we're going to find a reward that far outweighs anything this whole world could give ever, ever give us. So let's first talk about what a reward is. First, it's something that's given in response to something. Nice, right? It's nice to know how much I'm worth. But yeah, you you turn in a wanted criminal, you get a reward. You find a lost cat, return it to her owner, and you get a reward. It's something that you receive because you have done something. But it is different from a salary or a payment. It's not a paycheck. A reward is given because someone wants to give it, because someone chooses to give it, not because someone is obligated to give it. See, that's the difference between a reward and, say, a salary or a paycheck. And that's a good thing because we are, after all, in a Lutheran church. And it's kind of our thing as Lutherans to believe, teach, and confess that we are saved by grace alone and not by what we do. So a reward is given because someone chooses to give it, not because someone is obligated to give it. And yet Jesus uses this this phrase, a reward. You will not lose your reward. So how do we reconcile that then? That, That we are going to do something and Jesus is going to give us something because we have done something with the fact that we believe that we are saved by grace alone. Well, there is this uh, philosophy of biblical study that has shaped how Lutherans come up with their theology for the last 500 years or so called Scripture Interprets Scripture. Basically what that means is that when you find one of the hard topics in the Bible, you go to another part of the Bible that's not so hard to understand and see if it says anything about that. I mean, there's a lot of things in the Bible that are easy to understand. What's wrong and what's right. Sin, the commandments. God, Jesus came for us and died on a cross and rose from the dead. But then there are some other topics in the Bible that are a little bit harder to understand. 
So we use scripture to interpret scripture. I've got a graphic that kind of shows how this works. In this graphic, along the bottom, in the white there, I don't know if you, you can't really see it too well. These are just lines, so there's really nothing to see in, at, at a higher resolution, but it's white. That represents every chapter of all 66 books of the Bible. The colored lines are where they talk about the same topics in the Bible. Some topics are talked about hundreds of different times throughout the scriptures. And so if you're in one part of the Bible where it's really hard to understand what maybe, say, Jesus is talking about, we'll go to another part of the Bible that talks about kind of the same thing, if not the very, literally the same thing, and see what it says about that. And for us to figure out what does Jesus mean by reward, when we think of reward as something that we get because we have done something, but it's not a payment or an obligated payment to us, I think we should look at another part of the Bible called Ephesians, it's towards the end of the Bible, chapter 2, where it says very clearly, and if you are a Lutheran Christian for a long time, you've, no, you've heard these words before. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one can boast or may boast in my translation. So what are you going to do? We're talking about something that Jesus says is a reward to us, which we know means that you get something for doing something, and yet we're saved not by our works. Well, again, Scripture interpreting Scripture, we don't just take Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We take the next verse as well, Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to, for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we do do something. Just because we, we know that we are saved by grace alone doesn't mean that we don't do something. We do something in response to the grace that is given to us. Well, let's go back to Matthew 10 now and take a look at the three rewards that Jesus talks about in Matthew 10. The first one is a prophet's reward. What, what is a prophet then? so that we can figure out what a prophet's reward will be. A prophet is someone who is specifically called by God to proclaim or to tell other people what God has said. God's word, God's proclamation, whatever. And in the Bible, there are lots of different prophets. For example, Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God. And God called Jonah to speak God's word to the people of Nineveh. Elijah, another prophet of God. God called Elijah to be a prophet, to speak God's word to the kingdom of Israel. At that time, Israel was divided between the north and the south, and the north was known as Israel, the south was known as Judah, and so he was called to preach to the northern kingdom that had its own set of kings, King Ahab, Queen Jezebel. Elijah was to speak God's word to them. John the Baptist was a prophet called by God to speak of the immediate coming of the Messiah. So, what is a prophet's reward then? Well, a prophet's reward, while Jesus doesn't go into any specifics in Matthew 10, I think we can infer from the rest of Scripture, a prophet's reward is speaking God's word and then knowing the satisfaction that the Holy Spirit uses that word to change a person. That's the prophet's reward. Jesus also talks about a righteous person's reward. And a righteous person's reward is living the righteous life, but not their own righteousness, not your own righteousness. 
It's the righteousness given to you by God because Jesus lived perfectly to be your righteousness by faith. Remember our fivefold gospel? Jesus was born to be our substitute, lived perfectly to be our righteousness by faith, died on the cross to forgive our sins, rose from the dead so that we too will rise from the grave and ascended into heaven to take us to be with him when he comes back again. I'm going to talk about the second coming in just a little bit. But we're at that second one now. The righteous reward is living the righteous life that Jesus gives to us. And the third reward in Matthew 10 is the one I call the whoever reward. Whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water. Because he or she is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. I hope you're enjoying today's message on Boundless from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods. For more, you can go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. You can also support our ministry and access more online content of Boundless Hope. And if you're in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. Now, back to today's message. These three rewards in here, the third one I think is the one that is going to resonate best with us. Because I think you can make a case that not every disciple of Jesus is actually called specifically to be a prophet. That's a special class of people who are called by God to do something. And not too many prophets today, if any at all. The prophetic office kind of uh, was, was phased out by God uh, throughout the New Testament era, uh, the first century. A lot of scholars think that's the case. And so we don't, we don't readily relate, we don't relate to that as a prophet. How about a righteous reward? We don't live in our own righteousness as baptized Christians, as, as disciples of Jesus, because, well, it, you don't go around telling people you're righteous, right? I mean, you feel kind of weird. And if you don't feel weird telling people you're righteous, then you're probably not... In, righteous in the right ways, right? Because Jesus never told us to be righteous for our own sake or to let people see us being righteous. Even though we are righteous, we just got to go out and do it. But that third reward then, the whoever reward, the reward of a cup of water, anybody can do that. Oh, that's easy. And that's what Jesus' point is. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you can do a simple little act of love and service to someone. Anybody can do that, even little kids. That's what I would have talked about in the feeding of the lambs, that even a little child can do this kind of reward, this kind of act to get this reward from Jesus. Story by Stacy Lee of Columbia, Maryland. She was in a consignment shop and she saw a dress she just knew her granddaughter would love, but money was tight. And so she, she knew she didn't have enough, so she asked the owner if she could lay it away for a while so that I can raise the money to get it. And all of a sudden she heard a voice of the person behind her in line. I'll buy the dress for your granddaughter. And she turned around, and there was a stranger standing there, and says, oh no, Stacy says to her, I could never accept such a gracious gift. And that person told Stacy, here's why. I really want to do this. You see, for three years I was homeless. And had it not been for the kindness of strangers, I would never have survived. And I promised myself, if I ever got out of that, I would pay it forward. That kindness shown to me for three years 
And so I want to buy, I need to buy this dress for your granddaughter. And so she did. And the only payment she would accept in return was Stacy to give her a heartfelt hug, which she did. Give a cup of cold water. It's a simple act of kindness and service to others. So let's talk about what this is really about. This is really about the reward of grace. We talked about, I already used the word a little bit before. Grace is something that is given to us, not because we earn it, but because God wants to give it to us. Grace is that Jesus Christ bled and died on the cross to save you from your sins and to give you eternal life. And that's free to you and to me and to all of us. It's a free, it's got no cost at all to you, but don't think it doesn't have a cost. It does. It's like that dress for Stacy's granddaughter. It didn't cost her anything. It did cost someone else. The reward of grace payment, the cost of that is paid for by Christ himself as he bleeds and dies on the cross to forgive our sins. But we go back to our sins when we try to make that gift, that reward of grace, an obligation payment from God. See how good I am, God? See all the things that I'm doing? I sing well, I play well, I serve well, I work well. You must give me something for this. That's sin. And Romans 6 23 still holds. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we try to make it a, an obligated payment, we are rejecting the gift that God has given to us as the reward of grace. But that doesn't mean we don't do something with it. He gives us this gift, but we need to do something with it in response to to it. There must be a response to grace. Otherwise, we're not using the gift the way God would intend for us to use. And so we respond by doing other things, especially giving a cup of cold water, Jesus' example in today's text. Not in order to get saved, but because we are saved. 500 years ago, Luther came on the scene and he stopped this pendulum of the Christian life from swinging to this opposite, this, this extreme that said, hey, you're saved by what you do, by what you say, and by what you pay. Luther stopped the pendulum. And then, of course, as pendulums are wont to do, if you've ever been to the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, and the one stairwell is a pendulum that swings, and it just goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, that pendulum of our Christian life swung to the opposite direction, which says, I'm saved by grace. I don't have to do anything at all. And Luther spent the rest of his life teaching people, live in the middle. You're saved by grace, but do good works as you love your neighbors. Live in the middle. So we don't sit idly by doing nothing. Some of us think about if, if I'm saved by grace alone, I can just go up on the mountainside and I can just sit there and wait for Christ to return. But Jesus, from the mountainside, says, no, you can't stay here. Go down to them who need to hear that I died and rose for them. I've saved you. Now respond to that salvation by going and telling other people, don't sit idly by. It was on a mountainside that Jesus told us to do this. It was the Mount of Ascension. 
where Jesus commissioned us. After saving us, he commissions us to go and make disciples so that we can give them a cup of cold water and not lose our reward. And so this, call, this great commission to make disciples is carried out in a twofold way. Not in two ways, but in one way, but it's, there's two parts to it. One of them is baptism, where we take water and we pour it over a person's head and we say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then we teach them. We teach them to observe all that Jesus commanded us. What did Jesus command us? How can we sum up all the things that Jesus said? How can we sum up all the commands in the scriptures? Jesus does it in Matthew. With one word, said in, with, with two phrases. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, which you are doing right now. That's what we call worship. And love your neighbor as yourself, which is a lifelong process, not easy to do. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But at least it's simple. Love God. Love your neighbor. Now, the church has a fancy word for this. That we're going out into this world and giving a cup of cold water. The church uses a word called evangelism. Which is really all it is, is, is going and talking to somebody. And actually, when we say talking, we're, we're having a conversation. But as disciples of Jesus, we're listening more than we talk. You know the old adage, you have one mouth and two ears, listen twice as much as you talk. That's evangelism. And as you listen to them, you're going to find that they have a need because there's boundless need out in this world. And as you hear that need, now you can pour a cup of cold water, Jesus' love, into their need, Jesus' boundless love into their life that meets that need so that we can all live with boundless hope. Jesus uses the, the metaphor of a cup of cold water when we do that because we're making disciples when we do that. But that's all it is. It's a simple act of kindness. Let me close with a story that hopefully will help you understand this a little bit, maybe in a different way. Mrs. Shermer had a first grade class, and they were planning a field trip to the observatory. And so the kids were getting really excited. You know, the, the, the permission slips went home, and they talked about the bus and pickup times, drop-off times, bringing a lunch and how important that was going to be. And those kids, waiting for that field trip was like waiting for Christmas. They're first graders. Finally, the day arrived to take the trip. And so the kids grabbed their lunches and lined up to get on the bus. And in the back of the room, there was one little boy crying because he had forgotten his lunch. And so he was going to have to stay home stay back at the school, I mean, with another teacher while the other kids went on the field trip. While the other kids started going through their lunches and extra sandwiches, extra fruit, extra desserts, extra drinks were given to this little boy until he had a virtual feast of a lunch. The tears were still there, but now they were tears of gratitude. And so he grabbed up his lunch, got his coat, got in line with the rest of his class for the field trip. Those kids in that class, first graders, gave a cup of cold water to this one student. That's what we're talking about. That's the whoever reward. That's the reward of a cup of cold water. Jesus has died 
and rose again to save you and gives you that free of charge to you, now you give that gift to others. That's the whoever reward of a cup of water in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message on Boundless. I hope that today's message brought you the love and hope that will meet your need. I'm the pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. And at St. Matthew, we see that there is boundless need all around us that can be met with the boundless love of Jesus so we can all live with boundless hope. For more, go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. There you will find more content and resources that will give you the boundless love of Jesus. If you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at St. Matthew Hawthorne Woods. There is no E in Hawthorne, by the way. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening to Boundless. Remember, the answer to all need is Jesus, who is love and brings hope.